we're live. Good afternoon. Welcome to Let's Go Live with Jack Kelly. Today, today we're going to talk about AI. And to give you some context, I was just looking at some of the stuff I was writing about. Almost a year to the date, um, we wrote this article um, where Goldman Sachs, you know, prominent top-tier investment bank, reported check this out this is like it's the numbers are so crazy it's hard to believe so their study of ai was saying that 300 million jobs could be lost or degraded that's their word degraded over the course of time due to the ascendancy of ai and to me at the time i was like whoa Goldman, are you like really just, is this like trying to do scare tactics? Like, did you invest in open AI and you're doing this to, to, to make some more money? Because the numbers seem staggering. But what I found out afterwards, which is so interesting, probably only a month or two or three or four months after that study came out, The narrative changed, and the narrative. And tell me, tell me if you, if you guys agree with this and remember it. Then the the, the media and everybody saying, "No, AI is not going to take your job. Stop worrying. No, AI, AI is your friend. Everything's going to be great with AI. The world's going to be better. It's always going to be sunny. AI is going to make the sunshine all the time, and the sky's all blue, and everything is wonderful." That's what AI is going to do. And does that resonate? Like you start saying, oh, it's fine. It's good. It's good. Now, a year, about a year later, the tune is changing again. So just over the last week or so, I saw a big piece in the Wall Street Journal basically saying, hey, white collar middle managers, managers, you are screwed. You're in trouble. CNBC, what do they, CNBC had this really thing that AI is on a collision course. Again, like these scare tactics, on a collision course with white collar workers. And it goes on. So now, I don't know, what do we believe? Is it that AI, we don't have to worry about it? Is there a concern? Well, you don't have to worry because your buddy Jack is all on top of this. I think it's somewhere somewhere in between. It depends on your job and what you're doing. Let me go a little bit backwards because primarily with, with, with LinkedIn, and this is not elitist, this is not anything like that. It just happens to be on LinkedIn. It tends to be more white collar, you know, professional types who are on there. You know, you know, not as many blue collar and frontline workers, but they're on there as well, but not as many. So it, it caters and is a knee-jerk reaction. I admit it. I tend to veer in that direction, knowing that there are more people on the platform, you know, who are involved with it. So the interesting thing is blue-collar workers, police officers, firefighters, EMS, um, any anybody who is a carpenter, a plumber, electrician, 
people who are working in, um, you know, you know, restaurants, groceries, they're pretty much okay for now. I don't know what the future will bring, but for now, these folks are somewhat immune because AI, the first thing AI really is going after, not necessarily the college-educated, white-collar professional, it's, it's the jobs that are very rote and routine and just, ugh, you know, it's just drudgery. You know, think of a customer service agent who all day long is getting calls about whatever it is, you know, delinquencies, mortgage payments, whatever. And it's like, ugh. I don't know. I had a job like that in college where I had to answer for a shareholder services line for a financial firm. And oh my God, it was terrible. I hated it because they monitor the calls. And a lot of times I just wanted to tell the person who was complaining, F you, leave me alone. I'm just a kid going to college, making a few bucks. Stop bothering me. It, you know, so the customer service, now customer service could get, now you have a chat box and you don't have a human doing it anymore. So certain areas are really impacted. You know, any kind of job that you're in that is repeatable, is rote, routine, and people who are watching this now, if that's what you're in, you want to start thinking, this is not for me. I got to find something else out. Even with white collar jobs, it's, I don't think, and this is just my opinion, you know, everyone has opinion on it. My opinion is, I don't think AI right now is going to come and take away jobs, meaning, hey, Jack, you're fired. AI, get off the bench, get in your plane, you're on the field now. I don't think it's going to be like that. But I do feel it's going to encroach upon, slowly encroach upon the white collar workers. And what I mean encroaching upon is this. They would be certain parts of the job that a white collar professional is doing that could be handed off to AI technology. But then once that happens, it's kind of feature creep. So more and more, the executives of these companies are going to find ways to use this AI to do parts of the job. Then after a while, the executives are going to be, hmm, why do we have to pay Jack, you know, two hundred fifty thousand when there's all this AI machine learning technologies that we're using? So he's really not working that hard. So why not let Jack go and then hire somebody else with the money we saved and doing it on mass? So what we've been seeing is a couple of trends lately. And this might help you out for the people who are looking for a job and going for interviews and having a hard time. In other LinkedIn Lives and podcasts, we talked a lot about this, but let, this is kind of a little bit of a fresh twist. What's happening is this, so that if you're a white collar professional, you know, two years, three years, 10 years, 20 years of experience. And I, I think if we put ourselves in the place of the board of directors and the executives, we probably would think the same way. We'd all like to say we don't, but we probably would. But we look and say, and what's happening is these executives, the board of directors are saying, wait, before we hire anybody, they'll still put out a job posting. There'll be a listing. It'll be out there online. 
but they're slow walking the process. And they're slow walking the process is because they really don't want to hire. Now, they don't want to hire because in the back of their mind, they're thinking, if I hire Jack or Christine now, you know, at, you know, each, you know, paying each of us $150,000, and then only maybe six months later, we find out that we have even more of a souped up AI chat GBT on steroids. Well, oh, wow, we made a really dumb mistake because now we're paying 300 grand for both of us, plus benefits, plus health, plus maybe stock options, plus vacation days, pay time off. So the executives, and I'm not trying to read their minds, but I could see by how things are. And anybody who has been looking for a job, this will make sense to you. Why you send the resume, but you don't hear back, you don't get an interview, because they're kind of just holding on to the resumes, waiting to see how this plays out. And companies like IBM directly have said, hey, we're going to use AI instead of people as best we can. And others have said that as well. Most of them have not. They're trying to dance around it. But it seems pretty obvious. And, and it makes sense because they're running a business and they're figuring why pay out this money now if maybe six months later or even a year later, we'll have such souped up AI that we don't, we could get people who are way younger and pay them way less. Or we could get people, and this is really cool, because this is another trend, not to go off topic, that's starting to really irk me, and I really feel bad and guilty because I wrote a lot about these companies. They're hiring internationally. There's a big push where you have major startups that are well-funded. Their whole business model is saying, wait, you Americans who are fat and lazy and you don't deserve these, you know, the money you're earning. So what we're going to do, we're going to put, we're going to be able to place people in jobs, Middle East, Europe, Asia, India, wherever, and have an arbitrage because they're going to pay way less than they pay here. And that's just a side note. Now that's not necessarily AI, but in a way it is AI because you could do that with all the new technologies and have them, you know, those folks work in different countries for getting paid half or a fraction, depending what country you're on and type of job. So, so for, if, if you're knocking your head against the wall and say, I'm not getting interviews, I don't get it, what's happening? One of the reasons, not the sole reason, but one of the reasons is that they're slow walking, waiting to see what's going to happen. And they're moving other people to other locations within the U.S. also, to be fair, and other countries to save a whole lot of money betting that AI is going to make a big difference. And I, I know by saying this doesn't give you an answer right now, but at least it gives some credence to when you're saying to your family and friends and spouse and partner and kids or whatever, I don't get it. What's happening? Why can't I get this freaking interview? Why can't I get this job? Because it's a weight and see approach that these executives are doing. It's not like during the great resignation where everybody was fighting to hire or even before the pandemic, you know, when there's always a war for talent. But now not so much. So far, Christine, what do you think? I mean, is that, 
I don't mean to be dark, you know what I mean? But I want to just paint, you know, what's, what's going on there. Does that, does that seem reasonable? Do you think I'm being overreactive? No, you're 100% right. In Google's recent earnings call, Sundar Pichai did mention that the company will be slowing down hiring. And then Microsoft did as well. The CFO has said that they were repivoting their workforce towards AI first work without adding material number to the workforce. So it's a trend that's already mm -hmm. unfolding. And I think the scary thing is, is now that these layoffs that we're seeing, they're not out of like dire need. It's because these companies are taking away resources and funds from certain units and then giving it to like their AI investment. So that sounds really, if I understand what you're saying, Christy, it's they're going to lay off, you know, me and you and whoever saving a whole lot of money, but then taking that bucket of money and then allocating it to maybe software engineers, software developers, um, and the actual technology that they need to acquire. Is that, is that what you mean? And then it, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yep. And in, in all the earnings calls, like Amazon reposition resources, Google resource allocation, Microsoft, it was a re like re-engineering costs. They're always re something. And it's, it's to move around the money to give to like their AI investments. And your then point. I'm sorry, go ahead, go ahead. Why people are, are losing their jobs, not right now necessarily because AI is replacing them, but it's taking money away from like their teams and like their divisions. You know, and that brings up another point now, now that you're kind of bringing it to light is um, Google and then Citigroup also. Citigroup, I think, I want to say that they plan to lay off 20,000 workers going up to 2026. And then Google, the CEO was saying, hey, we're going to have like this, and this is not a quote, it's I'm paraphrasing, you know, have kind of almost steady, regular layoffs. And now thinking back, it makes sense because probably what Citi and Google and other companies are doing is saying, hmm, let's just watch this play out. Let's not make a dramatic letting go 10,000 people like they did in 2022 and 23. Let's now, because we did make those big cuts. So now we'll make these strategic cuts, but let's take it, let's slow and let's see how it plays out. You know, where Citigroup might say, hmm, maybe we'll go past 2026 and keep dripping, dripping, dripping to see who's going to be laid off and what's going to happen and what the new technology is going to be like. And that's, again, circles back to why the whole job search and hiring process is messed up. Because if you have all these companies in back of their mind, not in back of the, in front of their mind, thinking, hey, AI, when, we're not sure, is it gonna take the whole job, part of a job? Or could it be like, we could get more junior people who are good prompt engineers, who could figure out good prompts and be able to get all the information from AI? And then and then share it with other people, so you don't maybe need these senior, you know, managers and middle managers and executives because you know, the younger person could get all this data really super quickly. Right? Does that make sense, Chris? Yeah, and it's already happening. There was a resume builder survey that we talked about earlier, where thirty-seven percent of business leaders have already begun to replace 
staff with AI, and then nearly half, it was like 44% um, expect job cuts in 2024 due to AI efficiency. All right, now that we've depressed everybody, how, how, how about, can I, can, I give, can I give some good advice, some, some, pos some positivity? Always. Okay. <laughs> Now, part of the first thing I'm going to say, part of what I'm going to say, you're not going to like this, but I'll preface it this way. One of the ways I think in this environment, and I don't, I don't feel it's going to happen overnight. I don't think anybody's saying it's overnight, but it does, it does feel, barring anything that we're missing, the genie's out of the bottle. There's no turning it back, and it, and it's going to keep growing. Think about it in terms of technology. Over, you know, for younger people, especially. You're so familiar with there's always always growth 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 but for even a gen extra like me you're constantly seeing tech growing you're never seeing tech just all of a sudden no nah, we're having worse tech we're going to get rid of tech and and it just adding 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 and going on so so that's so it's going to keep going in that direction right all right one of the ways you could combat it is to be the best at what you do because you still need human beings to do things. For instance, if let's say you're involved with sales, let's say you're, you work for a tech company and, and you're in tech sales. Let's say you're a real estate person, you're doing sales. You're, you're, you're in a bank, in a brokerage, in a whatever industry, you have sales. So you need that human element to it. If you're, you know, it, certain kind of roles, you really can't completely replace or even partially really replace AI, maybe a little bit. Like for instance, for sales, you could have a chat box. But like you're not going to sell somebody with a chat box. You need that personal interaction. So what's, so what's going to happen is that you need to do almost like the opposite of what's really going on to show your company in your particular job that you are the best at it. You wanna, even if it's a remote option or a hybrid option, you wanna go in five days a week, do everything you can. You wanna shine, you wanna sparkle. You, you wanna be you know, like head and shoulders above everybody else. You wanna make sure they see you, they notice you. You wanna buddy up with folks. You wanna get that project in ahead of time. You know, uh, uh, you want to you want to show that you're so necessary that no matter what happens, we have to keep you. Now that's a high bar to hit, but you need to do that. Plus, I think you also want to show that you have really strong communication and social skills. And the way I say, it, you might be like, ah. Eh, don't underestimate social skills and, inter inter and communication skills. Think about yourself when you're in an office and you have a manager who can't really effectively communicate. That's like the worst feeling because they think they are communicating well and you're getting a different message and then the boss is angry that you're not doing it the way they're doing. Be like, wait, you didn't tell me this way. You said something else. So there is this still, there's going to be this pressing need to have the innate ability to talk with people. Give me an example. 
another maybe try to be this project manager role. So let's say even if you have a, a little bit of an interest in the technology space or, or with AI, see within your own company if there's if you could have your skills transfer and say, hey, I think I would be really good at being the intermediary between my division and the tech group. Because I do have a, a you know a reasonable understanding of tech. And even if you don't, do you, do you just, just do a whole heck of a lot of homework to make, you know, so when this gets rolling, then you really do. So it's a little trick, a little hack. So you want, so let's say you want to be that intermediary between your division, your group, your manager, your supervisor, and the folks in technology, because they're different worlds. They speak a different language. You know, they're speaking tech language, you're speaking, you know, normal language, you know, business jargon language. And a lot of times you need that person to be able to connect the two and understand each other. So that is an example of maybe in addition to really showing up and being the best you can in your job to then say, huh, perhaps there are ways that I could actually shift my job. Do Sometimes it's called job crafting, which is sit down with your boss and your manager and say, hey, I've been doing this for like five years. I really want to change, but I want to stay at the company. Can we maybe you know, kind of craft a little bit other things that I can do? You know, would I want more money for it? Yeah, but even if not, I'm just so bored doing the same thing. I really want to learn something new. And in particular, I really, I know AI is 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 hot and growing. I feel, and I know I, I I use all the different AI platforms. Can I maybe be that person to be that project manager in between the two? Now, I'm not saying that's the answer, but just to get your wheels turning and thinking, huh? In my company, what maybe can I do that is AI proof or somehow AI resilient, you know, where it's not really going to take over, maybe a little bit? And unfortunately, that's what we have to do. I mean, unfortunately, unfortunately, because sometimes you need, and I've seen this over the last 25 plus years, people will tell me, candidates, job seekers, people that say, you know what? because I was downsized or I was laid off or I was worried about getting laid off. It was the best thing in a way because that gave me the kick in the pants to say, I got to get out of my comfort zone and try to do something else. And then they would say, I'm glad I got that kick in the pants to try to do something else. Because if not, I probably would be at the same company doing the same thing five years later, nothing would have changed. And now it's changed. So you want to start thinking, what can I do and this is, I don't mean it's going to happen right now. I mean, this is going to take time because this is evolving. What can I do? What skills could I bring to the table that could then position me to do, not only do well in my job, but have the now the skill set, the toolbox, the tools in the toolbox to move somewhat adjacent to where that hotness is and that growth is so you could be a part of it. Another one of the, another way you could do it. Oh my gosh. I don't know if you see it in your inboxes and your emails and and on you know on on ads. There's a course for everything. There's an online course, you name it. For anything. All the universities, no matter how much gazillions of dollars they have in their endowment, 
they're money hungry for more. So they have all these, you know, I would call them night classes, it's not night classes. I don't know what they're, you know, those extension classes. So it's not your, re it's not the real college, even though they say it's kind of the real college, but you know what, it's a kind of a, you know, part of it. So these, all these universities have these courses, all these online courses. So maybe take, you know, start small, you know, I'm not saying to go and then, you know, learn to code overnight, but to find ways that you have certain skills, certain attributes, maybe a little passion for that you can, you know, put something together that you could kind of reimagine yourself and repurpose yourself, reinvent yourself and pivot to something else. And that's what happens with these times when these things happen. You know, you have horse and buggy, then your cars. So like whoever was, you know, owning all the horses and buggies, when cars came along, if they didn't say, all right, I'm going to get into the car business or get into something related, they were done. And, and it's always happening. It's always happening in capitalism. That's the way it is. You know, a lot of times you want to just say, I don't want the change. Change is bad. I'm just comfortable. Unfortunately, it's not like that. So you want to learn. You want to find ways to make yourself valuable and useful, taking online courses, reading up on things, going in different network events, finding your friend who knows all about it and picking their brains you know, till they drive you crazy and say, leave me alone. These are the things that you could do to save your job and to help pivot and maybe take advantage of how these changes are going and that it could actually be better in a long time. Is that okay, Chris? Or my, do you think I'm just trying to put a happy face on it? Or, or, or do you think that that's viable, that's reasonable? I would also encourage them to use AI to their advantage, like how you're saying. Um, even in the workplace, like let it streamline your workload so that mm -hmm. it frees you to contribute at the office in more meaningful ways mm -hmm. and give you a leg up and that competitive edge over your peers. Yeah, that, that's a good, you know, I don't know if we have any data on it, but I have this feeling that it's still probably a small amount of people who are really are like actively on a very daily basis using AI in the workplace or even at home to do whatever. What, what, mm -hmm. do, you, what do you take on this? What's your, what's your gut feel? Because I don't have the numbers at all, but what, what do you think? I mean, I can tell you nobody that I know personally like really uses AI. <laughs> other than like me and you and stuff and even I'm still I, I still have like a little aversion to it but yeah I don't think anyone's using it um at least to their advantage in the workplace and and that could be something that's making you fall behind just okay why do you think that is I don't think they know exactly maybe what it does or what it's right. capable of and I think that some people just aren't really up on on the trends. You know, they might hear about ChatGPT and and uh, Sam Altman, but I don't think they they really know fully what it is. Well, for, let's say for the people here who who are um, AI shy, shall we say? I would take a look, and you could start by googling, even though Google is like the AI former AI king, uh, because there's a lot of competitors now nipping at their heels. So and take a look and say, hey, what 
you know, how can I use AI for the workplace? Or how can I use AI for my particular job? And I'll tell you this from personal experience, I'm freaking addicted to AI because anything like, like I'll give you an example. I, I was thinking of going on uh, going a trip to Las Vegas. So I'm I'm asking AI, all right, hey, do you have any tips for me for blackjack? Do you have, you know, what hotel do I stay at? Where should I avoid? And so forth. And as opposed to regular Google searches, <laughs> it gets really right to exactly what you're asking for. And you don't have to wade, wade through wade through like 10 different articles to find what you want. And it makes it so much easier. So let's say when I'm like, when I'm I, I, for preparing for this, right? For preparing for the show, I, I went to AI and, and put in questions. You know, what does like Wall Street Journal say about AI? What is CNBC saying about AI? You know, what jobs are going to be safe from AI? What jobs are in danger from AI? And so forth and so forth. And sometimes you get funky results. Sometimes you get what you've probably heard this expression, like AI hallucinations. But that's whatever. Because even if you have that, then you're like, all right, just you kind of put it aside. And then you drill down more. Um, so I, I, I like what you're saying, Christine, because I think if you do it in the office, that's a way to shine. That goes back to what we were talking about a little earlier, how like you could stick out. Because then I would bet any amount of money if you have somebody in the office, right, who starts playing around with it, getting really good at it, you're going to have a lot of folks lining up by your desk saying, hey, hey, can you check this out for me? Can you look into this for me? Because you know how people are. They don't want to do it themselves, but now they'll ask you to do it, but that's okay. Because now you're looking good. You're looking like you're that smart genius person who knows all about AI and all the you know tricks and how to get the best answers from AI. And then and then show off to the boss how smart you are. Yeah. And then you you'll also be able to like turn in projects faster, maybe take on another project in the interim, and then it'll make you look better to your boss. So that's so it's so I think it boils down to this. What you want to do, and I don't want to give you a homework assignment, <laughs> what you want to do is you really want to take an assessment of like what your skills are and just think about like, uh, is it possible for what I do? And be humble about it. You don't want to be like, oh, there's no way you could replace me. I'm a top recruiter. You're telling me an AI bot is going to be better than me as a top recruiter? I mean, probably not. It doesn't hurt. It doesn't hurt to do some self-reflection and thinking, just in case, just in case, let me see what else I could do. And just so you know, when I say these things, I practice what I preach. I was getting concerned the way things are playing out in the white collar space, recruiting is going to get very challenging. And in a cost savings, cost cutting environment, and in a layoff environment, and kind of a hiring freeze ish kind of environment, meaning like that slow walking we talked about before, are they really going to pay recruiters? And just so you know, give you some insights. You know, the range is like a recruiter, let's say a contingency recruiter, it could be 20% of the base annual salary, 25%. And maybe you could go up to 30%. So you're talking about a whole lot of money. So if companies are looking to cut costs, it's they could look at the recruiters and say, why the hell are we paying them so much? 
So it behooves people to look, and I'm just giving that example because I know recruiting. Um, it behooves you to then say and look at your own job and see how vulnerable or un, you know, not vulnerable in terms of what you do. And if you find yourself vulnerable where you feel, huh, maybe 30% of what I do is rote and routine. It can be done by you know, a chat box or AI or something like that. Then maybe that's when you have to start figuring, I got I to gotta beef up on other things. So I don't have to worry six months from now, nine months ago, now it's not just 20% of the stuff. Now it's 40% can be done with AI and other technologies. So look in, and, and be honest with yourself. Because that's what I mentioned, what I did. I said, I pulled back from the recruiting figure. Hey, I, I'm, I don't like where this is going. Yeah, I'm still a young guy-ish. So I have time to kind of you know pivot a little bit. So I figured, let me focus more on my writing, on the podcasts and other things, because as a just in case, I don't, you don't know how it will play out. So instead of, on, let's say you let go and then you're like, oh, this whole world is AI and I, I just don't know anything and I'm, I'm doomed, build up some other skills, some other talents as a just in case plan. And to make it a little better, try to build up things that you're interested in, you like doing. I like, I love writing, so that's great. So for me, that's perfect. I love talking, as you can imagine. It's hard to shut me up. So, you know, to me, that's enjoyable. It's fun. It's not even work. It's, it's, it's something that's like just fun to do. So find out if you feel you're kind of vulnerable. It doesn't mean you have to quit. It doesn't mean you have to right away get another job, but start making an assessment what you could do how you can make yourself AI proof, or at least AI uh, kind of not that vulnerable and see what we could do. So I, I hope this helps because I think it's one of these things that's not going to be going away. I can understand maybe, you know, whenever it started really getting hot, you know, said, ah, maybe this is a fad. I, I, I you know, I think we could all say it's not a fad anymore. This is something big and a lot of money is going into it. A lot of venture capitalists are putting money into it. A lot of serious companies are maybe putting money into it. So, you know, this trend is going to keep going. So if, if you just pretend it's not happening and you put your head in the sand, it, it's not going to go away. So you're better off confronting it, making the best of it, finding ways to you know improve yourself, find ways that you could benefit from it. And when I say this, I, I don't mean to come across like it's easy to do. I, it's hard to do. It's really hard to do. But yeah, you owe it to yourself to try it. So I hope this gives you kind of a you know little, you know some insight into what's happening here. I feel with these podcasts, these LinkedIn lives. I hope you appreciate you know bringing people on. You know, we had Lauren Smith who is talking. You know, had that referral program. You know, we had David from Juicebox that did the recruiting AI platform. So I like bringing different people, you know, who could come in and hear different things. But then also, if I don't have the guest for it, to talk about certain, you know, these topics. So we walk away learning and growing and understand and improving and, and taking yourself to the next level. So I really appreciate you, you watching and supporting the show. If 
you have any questions, let me know. Any comments, you know, put it in, in, the, in, the, in the graphic that we have in, in the chain we have there. And any, any topics for the future, you'll hit us up. And, uh, and I really appreciate it. Let us know you need any career advice, mentorship, whatever we could do, introductions. And, and uh, we'll see you tomorrow. Thank you so much, everyone. Thank you, Chris.